Welcome to the Contractor Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Phillips. This show exists to help small business owners like you escape the tyranny of contractor prison and enter the bliss of contractor freedom so you can have the time, money, and freedom to live your life with purpose beyond your business. As a certified human behavior consultant in disc personality styles and motivators, I'll be sharing with you skills for life, love, leadership, and business. I'll also be connecting you with experts that can help you scale your business and your life. So if you want to build the business and life of your dreams, then you are in the right place. Let's go. Hello, contractors. I'm excited to be here with you today. I've got a very special guest with you, with us here, who you can see on the screen. And you're going to, you're going to want to tune in till the end because uh, we've got some, got some awesome info that 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 impacts you guys. So many of you guys who are using a particular software for running your contracting business. I don't know if you guys know who that is, if, if what it is. If not, uh, you'll find out. But I've, I've got a feeling most of you guys already know. I already know what I'm talking about here. We got the one and only. Got Tanner. Mullen with us here today. Tanner's not only, he, he's, I don't know if I could call him a serial entrepreneur, but he's definitely a visionary. He obviously, you like, like that? that? Okay. Yeah. He not only is the owner of premium painting, but also drip jobs, automation software for contractors. And not to mention, he's got the painting contractors group on Facebook, which has more people in it than a population of China. Tanner, <laughs> he's a giver and he's an all around great guy. If you haven't interacted with him online. And uh, so Tanner, it's my pleasure hey. to have you on today, man. How are you doing? So, I was saying, I'm so glad you started a podcast, man. I think this was long overdue. I, I respect you fully and I'm just excited to see what you do with it, contractor freedom, all the good stuff, man. I'm happy to be here. I really am and, and honored. Me as well. I feel the same way about you. I'm glad we got to connect. I think we've only met in person, maybe like one time in passing at a PCA event. And we, we've been on a couple of podcasts together change. before, I think. On I, I would like that. So I, one of the things, one of my goals, again, this isn't about me today, but one of my goals is I just, I want to build bridges. I feel like our industry is too fragmented and that's adding to the contractors feeling like they're on an island. And right. I, I believe that forward thinking people need to unify, build bridges, work together, and we can make this whole community a better place. That's so that's one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on today. So, hey, Tanner, tell us, obviously you're the owner of Premium Painting. And am I, did I hear before that, that you grew up in the paint business? Is that true? Yeah, I did. Actually, my dad was a painter by trade. And, you know, just as a kid going on the job site with him, I remember in eighth grade, everyone else had summer where they'd hang out with their friends. And I had get up at six o'clock and grab your white dickies and your painter shirt that had blue tape on it from the day before. But you know, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. I didn't resent it, but I was like, I will never do this again. When I went off to college, got into the professional things like car sales. And I was really heavy into the restaurant industry at 19. I was a manager of a restaurant that I couldn't, I wasn't even old enough to drink the alcohol that they were serving, you know? So that was interesting because people would look at me and be like, you're too young to be doing this. And I, I just always work seriously. Jason, you know, it was always something to me having a kind of like tough upbringing. I just knew that that was my way out and it was something I could just put my attention in and focus on. And in retrospect, I look at it as a blessing, like everything to have hit so many different sectors. Many people know that, you know, I was in the restaurant industry. I got to a point where so many things I learned, ordering, learning how to deal with vendors, 
hiring, customer service. But what I think is so valuable, and we'll get into this later about software, Jason, is with the restaurant having to manage the back of the house and the front of the house. How often in your business are you managing the back of the house and the front of the house, having to relate to the cooks, the busboys, the dishwashers, but then having to be able to switch gears and be able to communicate effectively with the servers, the hostess, the customers. And that skill set alone has just always been so instrumental in how I handle my developers with drip jobs and the customers, but also my front lines, right? Salesperson, customers. It's just interesting. Just being able to kind of just relate to people. That's what I learned most. So went through the restaurant industry, got into sales. So I packaged so much customer service, you know, together with, with the restaurant. Then I got into sales and I learned the art of negotiation. I learned the art of following up with leads. I learned the art of waking up and having to hunt for your pay with nothing in the pipeline and you're not getting paid unless you sell. That was interesting. Look, there was no cushion to fall back on. If I don't sell, I don't eat, Jason. And then finally landing in life insurance, having to go knock doors. I learned the art of door knocking. I mean, all these experiences, last but not least, I learned you know business and transactions and financing and all these things. And again, I can't attribute it to anything else, but God getting me ready for the painting business. I don't know how, I, that's how, that's what I landed on. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't sound glorious, right? I don't think any of us, unless maybe most people don't grow up thinking, oh, I dream of owning a painting business or being a contractor. <laughs> it's like a fireman, a doctor, a lawyer, an astronaut, and, and then a contractor. But it's amazing what you said. It's like, you look back and I'm like, dude, that's incredible. You've had all of these different experiences right. that have just added to the opportunity you've got now and that you're making a difference in the industry. Yeah. I love that. I didn't know a lot of that about you. I'm glad you <laughs> shared that. So before you got into the software business, by the way, the whole analogy, to me, it's an analogy for you. It's reality of the background in the restaurant business. Man, that analogy, I can just see that's on contractors. That's real. And that front of the house and back of the house, that sales and marketing and productions, that's real, man. I love, I love that. And this is to bring that even closer to home. I'm sitting in the line restaurant and I think, have you ever worked in a restaurant? No. No, never? Okay. So, I not. you know, the, the back Jason is, these are the guys that bust their butts and the front of the house gets all the tips, right? <laughs> you know, they get but, all the glory, <laughs> but, you, but in, in some restaurants, you have to earn the respect of the kitchen, right? Whether you're a server or whether you're a manager. And my things is, is like, I wanted to earn that respect. I wanted to be considered a leader in the kitchen, even though I didn't know how to cook. They saw me as someone that didn't overwhelm them with tickets because I needed things done to be able to ask for things in a respective way and not be demanding to manage their workload without them getting stressed out, to see an area that's weak, whether they needed to be prepped, something needed cleaned, for them to see that I'm willing to jump in with my team to get it done. And I do the same thing in my painting business. It's amazing. It's like, you, even though I own the business, I honestly try to earn the respect of my team. And I don't just try to do it once. It's important to me to make sure that they understand that my head hasn't gotten too big. I'm still there with them. If I go to a job site, I'm looking for trash to pay up. I'm aiding them. What do you need? Do you need something? Good. I'm there. That's kind of how I've I've transitioned from that. And, I, and, I, and it's always served me well, just earning the respect of the teammates, trying to showcase to them that I'm no better than them in any regard. I just happen to have learned different things and took different risks 
and I need them in order to continue. Man, that is so inspiring. That is so inspiring. I look at it this way. I was never a craftsman. I was never a painter. I literally painted one house as my first week in training. And I had this experience. I'm like, okay, wow, this is not my thing. I loved <laughs> sales and marketing at the time, but we need each other. We don't need a company full of Jason's. Everybody needs to play their part. If we're going to build a bigger future for us all, right. that's the way I look at it. But at the same time, Hey, I'm, we, we call it executive itis and we don't need any executive itis. I get out, I get out in the field occasionally, not as much as I really want to. And every time I do, it's like a reality check. I'm like, I remember what it was like trying to deliver these promises, trying to make this sale and knocking on these doors. And I don't want to be too far removed from the real challenges and pains that my people deal with day in, day out. So congratulations to you on being connected. You're probably more connected with the front lines than I am. I think that's a good thing. I enjoy it to a certain degree. You know, I also want to give them autonomy and I don't want to have to be. When I do show up to make it clear what your intentions are when you go to the job. I think for me, there's a bunch of different focuses that could happen. You can go there and impart stress. You can showcase, you know, flex your muscle and do all sorts of things. You know. I don't have those sorts of insecurities. I'm exactly who God made me to be. I'm in the position that I am because of how hard I worked. It wasn't handed to me. Everything's been earned. Nothing anyone can say that, that will change that. So when I go to the job site, I make sure that promises are being kept. But I also, the step further in, my focus is to connect with these people that have been placed in my life. I want to connect with them. I want to pull them aside. It's funny, man. We'll go for a walk around the property that whatever house I'm working at, we'll walk down the street. But we're doing a barn. We walked up the hill and sat in the stalls. I just find time to pull eyes away and just, hey, how's it going? How do you like working here? What do you think I could do better? What are you striving toward? These are things that, are, that I've done since the very beginning. And if you don't hear about it or talk about it as a leader, other people won't really understand how valuable this has been. I'm sure you do the same stuff, but that's what the secret has been for me, at least, of how I've been able to maintain consistent results. Now, I'm not a major, huge company, but what I can say is that that I don't have to check the timesheets every morning. You know, that's an indicator of what I've been able to harness in my company. When you have those type of interactions that you're describing and you leave, your people feel empowered. They feel valued. They feel heard. And rather than, God, man, I hope that guy never comes back out. Uh, I hope that never happens. You know, one of the things that I want for me is that every interaction, even if I'm having to correct someone, in every interaction, I want my teammates to feel inspired and hope of a better future for us all after every, everyone. I I don't want anybody to ever think, man, Jason's, he's got his critical eye on me. I yeah. messed up or what he's critical. I really don't want that to be. I, I feel like we should you know, be able to have open and honest conversations, but my job is to build people. And, and my right. philosophy is that that when we build people, the people will build the business and the growth will come Great. naturally if we build yeah. the people. One so, of my favorite. And that's so cool. I love hearing you say that. One of my favorite sayings is if I make your business my business, please make my business your business. And I feel like it's a fair exchange. And I think the right teammates value that. Wow, that's really nice. I would have to agree. Obviously, when you started your company, there was no no drip jobs. As a contractor, business owner, what pains were you seeing? Like what gaps in technology did you see at the time? Well, you know, what I realized was is that when I sold cars, I had a database and that made it easy to contact people that I wanted to contact. At the time, I wanted to contact them. And when I got into the painting industry, I tried to find something like that 
but it didn't seem like anybody really had a sales mindset when building their software. From what I gathered, it was painters, nothing wrong with that, but not painters from that have been heavy in sales. So they built really cool painting related features and things like that. But when I use the software, I'm like, this is still missing the critical component of nurturing leads and automations that make it easy for me. I'm not going to say this. Well, I guess I have to. I'm lazy, but I'm not lazy. Like I don't want to do work that I don't have to do that I can get a computer to do for me. And that's just, I guess the generation I grew up in is that we just understand that there's easier ways to do things and I'm going to find that way. So I kept hitting a roadblock. I'll tell you one of my strategies when I first started my business, Jason, was to buy leads. Now, when people hear that, they cringe. For me, of course, I'm going to buy leads. I came from car sales, life insurance. All I know is leads. I need leads in order to grow a business. Hello. And you're telling me all I have to do is sign up for this program called Home Advisor and they're going to send me people that want painting jobs. Do you realize, Jason, that I was handed a stack of 200 potential leads that came in through the service department that I had to call and see if they wanted to upgrade their vehicle. And you're telling me that Home Advisor is going to send me someone that wants painting and all I got to do is show up and give them a price. Are you kidding me? So for me, it was a no brainer. But what I found was is that when these leads would come in, of course, I would be charged right away and it would be like 70 bucks, 100 bucks, and I would be busy. I'd be driving. I'd be doing an estimate. I would be painting early on in my business. So the more time that goes by, of course, the less chance we have to get that customer on the phone. So I would call maybe like an hour or two hours after and thinking that like they're still interested, like they submitted the information and I wouldn't be able to get a hold of them. I'd be like, well, what do I do now? Call again, call again. And maybe by that time they just got there with phone calls. They know, they know what's coming and they kind of just retract. So then I'd send an email thinking that, you know, they would be interested in engaging through email and then even a text message. And I was doing all this manually and we're talking, I was getting leads. So that I'd have to do this for every single lead that came through. That was the biggest bottleneck. It was organizing the leads, following up with the leads and advancing that lead through the pipeline, getting them to take the next action in an efficient way. And me running around painting, estimating, picking up paint, managing my crew. It just was, it was a, it was a hassle. And then on top of that, I had eight different applications I was juggling, trying to make it all work. I wish that you had drip jobs when I started. I Man, I'm a pretty techno geek and I wrote my own CRM back in the day. No kidding. Microsoft servers and everything. Yeah, Robert. I did. It was great, but it wasn't cloud-based and that's why I eventually got off of it and wrote all kinds of code. I had various automations in there, but you got to remember, I started when most companies didn't even have a website. Okay? Wow. And the, the paint stores, most of them didn't even have computers or were just starting to computerize back in the 90s. I'm showing my age here, okay. but I feel like, you know, you what you're seeing in, in the mindset you brought into this. And hey, it's great to have estimating software. It's important to have estimating software, but nothing happens until something is sold. Right. And we know it, it's the speed to lead is vital. It's almost like the game of conception, only one. And it's, so getting that lead out there. It's crucial. You got to understand, like, and I teach this, I say, you know, understand it from the customer's perspective, right? You know, especially with these lead generators, these aggregators that, you know, they go on this website after seeing an ad, maybe they really wanted it done, or maybe the ad convinced them that it would be worth investigating, right? So they go through this 
questionnaire that has probably been psychologically evaluated by the top psychologists in, in the way human behavior works that got them to step by step, put in little bits of information all the way to the point at the end where it says, okay, great. Free contractors are going to be calling you. Thank you. You know, That's uh, right. I didn't, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I thought it was just going to tell me a price, right? So I'm a student of the game, you know, and what we want to do is lower that trust barrier and capitalize on interest. You have to, because they're going to be as excited as they've ever been within the first maybe 10 minutes. And then all those thoughts start creeping in. I didn't take my family on vacation for three years and I'm thinking about spending 10 grand on a paint job or, oh great, I got to invite strangers to my house. I just watched the news last night and XYZ happened. I don't want it to happen to me. I just heard about Joanne next door who her roofing contractor, you know, left a hole in the middle of her roof, right? So the longer you wait, the longer these thoughts creep in and these, you know, and the excitement just goes down. So we wanted to create something that instantly sent a text message, instantly sent an email to the customer within seconds of them submitting the lead. And what I did was, is I built an, a one-off system early on. So before drip jobs, I created a system that did this by patching together four or five different softwares. So I I take a web hook and I would connect it to Active Campaign. And as soon as that lead triggered on the web hook, Active Campaign would send an email. And what I found was is that people were interacting with this email. It says, Joanne Smith opened the email. Okay, Joanne Smith is alive. It is a real lead. Now we're working here. Now we have something to work with. So then I created a drip campaign because if she didn't book the appointment, we would keep her in that sequence. So I would find that maybe two or three days later, she would click the link and book the appointment. And I said, okay, this is valuable. And for me, Jason, there were times where early on in my business, I didn't have any work on Monday for my crew. And I don't have the heart to tell my team, hey guys, sorry, I don't have any work. That is what I'm running from every day. That's my motivation to take care of business. And there were times where I didn't have a system in place to access potential customers quickly. I didn't have a pipeline. I didn't have something showing me, hey, you gave proposals to all these people and these are all the leads you have. And these are the people that you spoke to but aren't ready yet. These are the people that requested estimates that you haven't booked yet. And what that did was it put me in paralysis. I didn't know who to contact. I didn't know how to contact and it was a mess. So when I got this pipeline thing in order, I found how easy it was for me to say, oh, I sent a proposal to her. Let's give her a call. Oh, I sent a proposal to him, Joe and Sam, and let me send a bulk email to them with a 10% discount. So at the very least, what it did was, is it put me in a powerful position to be able to actually control my pipeline rather than just wait for opportunity because no one wants to be a sitting duck in business. And if you're a sitting duck, chances are you're going to get shot. So for me, I want to be proactive in every area of my business and having something like drip jobs or something that's automated that helps you nurture customers and leads automatically. That's a proactive approach to business. I think that's such a valuable tool. Let's just say that most companies aren't using a tool such as drip jobs to automate their lead follow-up, right? You know who is using automation, the big national franchises. And yep. which everybody loves to hate those guys, okay? But there's no doubt that they're gonna have best-in-class systems, marketing. Yep. If we can't beat them, if we can't beat them yeah. to that lead, they're just gonna get it. And so I've, I feel like one of the things that, that, that you've done, you've made technology automation accessible to the little guys. Yeah. And, and not just the little guys, but guys that didn't have access to some big, huge, expensive platform before, now they've got access to something that's built right. by a contractor who understands the real needs yeah. of what they need to deal with, right? Oh, yeah, it's, man, it's, empowering, awesome. it's empowering the little guys too. I mean, you know, you gotta understand also that 
not every contractor is able to write the way some of us can write and is able to get their message across to a customer in a way that puts them in a position of authority rather than a position of vulnerability in the eyes of the customer. Perception in sales is everything. If I can perceive to you that I'm worth paying more, I'm worth paying more. But if I have you text me your information because I don't have a formal booking process and then I reach out to you at 10 o'clock to ask you for your email because you didn't send me your email and I show up 20 minutes late and you didn't even know what time I was scheduled to come and I give you my proposal on paper with nothing else to come with it and there's no follow-up you're going to be like I'm not paying premium dollar for that and that hurts me because a lot of these guys don't really know what we just talked about right there and how that impacts their sale. And they think it's them. Maybe there's a language barrier, but you know what? Drip Jobs cuts through all that. And that's my mission. It's like you sign up for it. We'll handle the communication. We'll, we'll put you in a fair position to compete with anyone. And you're going to make your customer question if it's worth not moving forward with you. We want it to be a painful thing for them to say no. Because they realize, man, that was the best appointment setting communication process of all three bids. And you're right. Anyone can have that experience if they just buy into us and believe in us to be the software they choose. Man, I, I love that. It's in so much of it, maybe the actual get on the phone and talk to someone, you know, human to human is not automated necessarily, but so much of that other stuff is automated and it's set it and forget it. Once your workflows and drips are set up, right? You literally call it drip jobs. And I love that. Tanner, as you've built the platform, obviously you had to start from scratch somewhere. And right. what are some, man, what were some challenges you faced building this out? And was it demand? What's the, what's well, I mean, the it was get, it was getting production, right? Like even it's, it's the similarities between my painting business and the software business are very similar. You know, early on the production sucked and I outsold my production. Okay. So in other words, I had to shoot from the rooftops that drip jobs was the best thing you'd ever see out of survival. However, there's two types of salespeople. The first type is going to do that for the short-term gain, get people to believe in you, get them to sign up and get them to believe in the vision. And then you will fall short because your intentions weren't in the right place. I knew that I was going to get production up to speed. And once I was selling, I would immediately make sure production was up to speed to try to match the sale and ultimately exceed the promise. So we're at that stage now where we exceed the promise, but it wasn't always like that. There was a time period, Jason, where I was in a battle with the developers. I had to extract the code from the original company that built the first version of it because their standards were just so low. And it just, again, I was willing to fight for my customers. I wasn't going to let it happen just out of comfort, even though I don't know how to code and I had no body around me that knew how to code. I just knew that I needed to be resourced. And I think in, in the painting business, it was the same thing. When I first started my painting business, it was me who had really no clue how to paint. I was just prepping with my dad 13 um, and a couple buddies from high school. And I was selling the dream to my customers getting um, woke. Um, there was a lot that I had to do to refine production because I knew that if my production was superior, it would take pressure off the sales. So that's our folk drip jobs. And that's how we've done it is, you know, ultimately let's build the best product that, that there is. And even early on, the biggest challenge was getting the team and, and building that core group of people that believe in the vision too. Because when you outsource software development, they don't care about your vision. They just follow instructions. And if you don't have people bought into the vision and the mission of the company, I liken it to sometimes subcontractors. Subcontractors care mostly about getting paid. You're lucky if you have subcontractors that care about your vision and your company's mission. And that's what 
the position I was in was the people that were building it didn't care about the vision. They didn't care about the impact. They didn't think through it. They just built what I told them to build. I wanted people that thought because it meant something to build something great. More than just a paycheck. You went, okay, I get it. Man, well, that's so right. What, Tanner, what are, what are some fan favorite features? I mean, obviously, you just recently released a huge one in the uh, production rates, right? What are some other yeah. fan favorite features? That was the hardest feature we ever built. That was the hardest stretch of for me to, to build that feature. It, that was so hard. Um, and it was because of a few things. One, I never have done production rate estimating before, even in my own business, but I knew I wanted to, I just didn't have a system that I felt was that meshed with the way I would do it. And I tried to put myself in the position of someone who has absolutely no clue what production rates are and how easy they can implement them in their business. So that was a good thing that I've never done it before, because if I built something that I wouldn't even use myself, then that pretty much tells me everything I need to know about my ability to lead a product team. So that was really difficult because you're relaying a very complex set of instructions to developers who don't paint and don't understand. So there was a lot of research involved and a lot of coaching and a lot of trial and error. And production rate estimating isn't globally accepted in the painting industry. What's interesting is if you go to a lube, a tire place or a lube place, they all work off of labor rates. Every single body shop in existence works off of labor rates. You can't find one that doesn't. There's hours assigned to everything. And I think it's set by the manufacturers of the cars. Is that true? Do you know that? I think it's the Chilton. Chilton's manual determines what the, uh, it, it may be different the, now. Right. So they determine, right? What's interesting is, is why isn't the painting industry like that? Generally speaking, we're all painting the things, you know, we're painting knockdown walls, flat walls, orange peel, popcorn ceiling, five inch baseboard, three inch baseboard. Why is it so difficult for us to not adopt that. And it's because there hasn't been a good enough system. And that's been my mission is trying to build a system that anyone can use, that anyone can edit, anyone can alter. One of my greater visions is to compile the data and give industry averages based off of time. So based on how many people use it, we can actually compile our own set of production rates based off of industry averages. So that's something I'm looking forward to long-term, but that's a big feature. I would say that the biggest thing is this, and I tell people this all the time, what we've built out of the box to be able to sign up, to be able to send automated texts and emails, to be able to bring in a customer and within two minutes have them being communicated with effectively, that's the best feature. It's honestly just a done for you marketing and automation and sales system because we know your pipeline. If you build that and you know, Jason, I don't even want to know how much you had to pay Salesforce. And people had to pay HubSpot to build out these systems. You're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And what we've done is we just packaged it together to where you can just sign up and use it for free until your trial ends. So that's the most exciting thing. Man, I, I know a lot of contractors that are using drip jobs. It seems like more and more every day are doing it. You know, one, one of the things, Tanner, I, I feel like, I almost feel like you're as a software provider in a very difficult situation because everybody wants their new features now. One of them out, but you have to be very careful because if you implement something without testing it too much, yeah. you're going to introduce a bunch of bugs. So what's your philosophy yeah. on that? My team, you know, I'm going to take the blows and I want my development team to be protected. I don't want them to feel the pressure. I know what they can accomplish and the time frame that they can accomplish it. I know that in order to produce quality code that doesn't break, it requires focus. We prioritize bugs. We prioritize 
features like production rates, which extracted four months out of our development cycle, but we've just been getting nudged so hard. And I had to listen to that because it was such a demand for it. And the last thing I would want is for someone to have to sign up for something else because we didn't deliver. That's just my competitive nature. So yeah, it is a tough position. We have over 500 feature requests sitting in a queue from our users that rate wonderful, I mean, amazing ideas of how to utilize our system. It's incredibly humbling and I hope to hit every single one of them. I, I have a group and I've been the group. I, I said, you know, if you could snap your fingers and have one drip jobs feature, what would it be? And I posted that three months ago and I went back to the post and people put in their comments of what they wanted. And I went, that's done, that's done, that's done. So we listen, we're gonna build it the way the community wants it. And chances are it's gonna benefit the whole. So it's slow and steady, wins the race, but we're getting there. If I was you, my biggest fear would probably be I rushed something out and all of a sudden users everywhere have showstoppers and they can't, their their workflow That's happened. is broken. Oh, That's already happened. And it's the worst thing ever. It really is. I mean, we think that we have control. We schedule an update and we push it out. California's three hours behind. So we push it out during working hours. So if something does go wrong, it's not in the middle of the night and we can fix it. And Next thing you know, my phone just gets flooded with what's going on, you know, oh my goodness. Those are the hardest for me. And it's just like, people know, like we're on it. Like we're not just gonna let like things fail. We have a good fail safe system in place. And it hasn't happened in a while because we've, we've smartened up on how we ship code. And I'm sure you know this from a developer perspective, how something that you don't even think would be impacted gets impacted and it, and it just freezes the whole system. I mean, you've honestly, I, you've got to be saying to people, "Hey, be patient. We be patient. We can't rush it." And nobody wants to hear that. The end user doesn't want to hear no that, one, though. No you've wants, got to be diligent, right? Got to. No one cares. Most people care because they know it's me. Like, and that's the thing is, I'm very vocal. I we have a group chat. Like, they know if they put something in there, they're gonna get an answer. I don't run away from my product, you know. And I love that, and it's okay. However you know, we're not perfect. So, you know, but I think there's been people that's just given us a lot of grace. There's been times where bugs have happened early on. It was terrible. They just want to see steady improvement, Jason. And, you know, the thing is, is that I hold such an, a, a responsibility because these drip jobs runs their business. They can't run it without drip jobs. That's crazy to me, right? And ultimately, whatever feature we add helps them grow their business. It's so cool because if we add a really neat feature like production rate estimating, now they have a systemized estimating structure from one day to the next. It's amazing. Now they can hire a salesperson without any painting experience and give him something to just plug in measurements. It's like, you know, it's so cool. You asked me earlier, what's something that's down the pipeline? This has been a big one for me, job costing, having a systemized job costing system right within, you know, to compare the predictions in your job in production rates with the actuals and then provide you a beautiful spread of where you went wrong. You know, hey, you underbid this by three gallons or you went way over with three gallons. On the next estimate, you need to make sure you don't make the same mistake, right? One of the things that aside from that, I think the production rates, man, that that's amazing. That's going to continue to be a game changer. But you've got small businessmen, contractors, maybe yep. they're solopreneurs yep. right now, yep. that now get to not just partake in automation, but they get access to industry best lead management practices and they don't yeah. even have to ask, Hey, how often should I follow up? Should I call them immediately when you've already built all that for them? And it's like plug and play yeah. for their business. Right. Man, I, I, I love that. Hey, yeah. one of the things, obviously you envisioned this. One of the things that I, that's always inspired me 
about Steve Jobs of Apple is he was not a fan ever of consumer focus groups and their they always wanted an iterative improvement yeah. on features for products. And he said, sometimes people don't know what they want until you show it to them, AKA yeah. the iPhone, AKA the yeah. iPad, right? Those were so transformational. He said, it's up to right. us as the experts and developers to envision a, a better future and a better product that they haven't even thought about and bring it right. to them. And yeah. I, I, I feel like in so many ways, I feel like you've already done that with drip jobs, but like, what's the, what's the big, hairy, audacious goal in speaking in Jim Collins terminology for drip jobs? Is it the production rates or is it something else? Well, are you referring to as a feature or are you referring to the direction of the business? So the, the business actually. So the first thing is that we want to make sure we have all the core functionality in place and we're almost there. I mean, you're talking your proposals, your change orders, your invoicing, your job schedule, you know, all of these things that you need in order to run the business. That's number one. That's the first stage is getting all these fundamental things in place. Stage two is having some fun. And that's the innovation stage. And we've already started that. I think you can't run away from AI. We've already put AI into drip jobs and we have such cool plans on how we're going to utilize this amazing tool to, to just, again, advance the trade, make it easier to connect and communicate in ways that I mean, we're talking about being able to have something respond to a customer's text message because it knows about your business. You know, hey, when is my job scheduled? Being able to query the job schedule and shoot back a text message. Hey, Miss Jones, your job is scheduled for November 3rd. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. And, wow. and staying on top of that. Wow. Right? Yeah. And that's the potential of AI. You're seeing it. And I think, why not? Why not bring it to the home service industry? You know, we have the right tools. We have the right team. We know a little bit, bit about it already. And I don't have a board of directors telling me yes or no. I can, I can honestly direct the development team in any way that I want. The industry would benefit from it. Let's do it. That's, a, that's amazing. Hey, by the way, what's something, Tanner, that you've literally had to say, no, we're not going to do that. Or no, we're not going to do that now. Man, I hate saying no. <laughs> so yet, not yet. Unless it's just something that doesn't make okay. complete sense, but it's usually a not yet. I think, man, anyone that brings an idea to me is something that they thought of and they, their perspective, something it's, it's usually just a not yet, really. I mean, it's one of those things. I don't think there's something that I, I mean, of course, like if it's an off the wall thing, like, and I can't think of one right now, but in most cases, if someone brings an idea, it's generally something that makes sense. And it's mostly just a not yet or we love it, you know, it's just a matter of time. And prioritizing what's going to have the most impact. You asked me earlier, a few a moment ago, if my question was, when I said about your big, hairy, audacious goal, was it about the software or about the business? Yeah. And I said about the software. What about the business? You know, to be honest, it's a little intimidating. It's growing really fast. And at the core of it, you know, I'm just a kid who worked hard, started a painting business to help my dad. I love software and I love tools and I love sharing, helping uh, and building. And it's just, I have 11 employees now, you know, we have almost a thousand companies using it. It's growing fast. And for me, you know, there's two things that I would say. The first one is, is that you build any business to be able to sell it. That's just 
good business. If you can't put a value on a business because you're too integrated into it, then that's a problem. The goal would be to build it to where it, it's, it has value and it can be carried way beyond that I could personally carry it myself. The second thing is I would say the vision for the business is to just be a major player in the space, to be regarded as a system that goes above and beyond. You know, we offer free training and that's something that we have not taken a dollar for training and we have done hundreds and hundreds of free sessions. We believe in empowering contractors. We don't want there to be this friction between I, I don't know how I'm not tech savvy. We just want to be regarded as like a company that has a heart for helping and a heart for giving. And, you know, I think that could take us to the top without any outside funding or resources. And it, it allows us to stay true to who, what the goal is and who we are. And that's just to serve, you know, so that's the, the nice answer. And then the answer of, Hey, what can this turn into? You know, there could be a time where we have a hundred thousand users. It's just an enormous company and that's the potential of software. I think you know, most people know that. When it comes to integrations, what all softwares does DripJobs play with or sync with or integrate with? Yeah. So integration wise, we have a bunch of different integrations. I think my favorite one though, is an app called Company Cam. I love Company Cam. Do you use Company Cam? We sure do. One of the best apps there are. I'm good friends with the the team over there. We chat regularly and I just love how it integrates with Drip Jobs. You know, you take pictures of the job, you put it in the proposal. Those same photos go into the work order. You can annotate the photos real easy. They're, they're just so good at what they do. You know, I love the app. That's one. Of course, lead aggregators. We use webhooks for that. So Zapier, Angie Leads now. We have directions with QuickBooks, of course. Twilio is who handles the text messaging, which has been a complete nightmare lately for us. Uh, there's a lot of ratio for everybody. Going on right now. Yeah, you yeah. know about it, right? I bet it's the, a nightmare the... for Twilio too. Oh yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, terrible. It's worse. Hey, thing. I noticed. I noticed. I noticed something kind of switch subs here for a second. I noticed that you keep referring, you don't refer to painters, you refer to contractors. And okay. what other type of contractors would drip jobs be a great fit for? Like for us, my company, we don't just do painting. We do gutters, right. we do roofing. Right. So we've got a few other things that we do. And I know there's yeah. others out there that, that do. So is it a fit for other type of contractors? Or is this just like a, Hey, this is only for painters. Right? Well, there's a reason you don't do HVAC and pest control and you know, those sorts of quick services, because that, that doesn't fall in line with your customer's buying journey. Your you have a specific buying journey. It doesn't matter what the the deliverable is, whether it's roofing or painting or siding, or, all of your customers go through the same journey and that's who we serve. So ultimately it would be someone that either reaches out or is being pursued to book an appointment and then they'll meet with a representative. They will get a proposal. Usually there's a time period between the time they get the proposal and accept it. And then from that point, they need the job scheduled. And then ultimately there's a process of production to where it's complete. So any type of service that offers that sort of thing is our client. And, you know, that was been my mission from the beginning. Like I said, we built out that production rate feature for our painting clients. The majority of our users are painting contractors. So we love them and we will continue to build out for specific trades if they need specific things. You guys seem very agile and responsive from everything. You and I are in a number yeah. of various groups and chats on Facebook together. And I'm just, I'm like, wow, man, th these guys are, they're very responsive to the users. And yeah. you def nobody's ever saying, man, Tanner's ignoring us. Nobody's ever saying yeah. that. Prizing. I think it's got to be hard to, it's got to be hard to maintain that, but it's got to be yeah. hard to maintain that. But Hey, I just want to say, well done on that. And yeah. where, you know, where were you, you know, 26 years ago when I got started, 
And, you know, so yeah, I, had I, was, do this, I, I would do four. this building from scratch myself, but oh no, I guess I'm showing my age again, but well, Tanner, <laughs> dude, man, what an honor. Is there anything today that we didn't talk about or that I didn't ask you that the viewers and listeners should hear? Yeah. Major call to action here. So I would say this, you know, if you're listening to this, there's something in you that inspires you to be great. And you might hear stories of people that have achieved greatness in some way. Social media gives you a skewed perception. Everyone highlights their wins. You might be in your car right now and you might be that person with no work the next week and kind of scared to hire because you're not sure if you'd be able to keep them busy. Jason, there's something I want to tell everyone listening to this is that the riskiest, most scary thing that you've ever done was quit your job and start your business. Everything else after that doesn't even come close. Get comfortable taking risks. Pick up the phone, negotiate with people who you've given proposals to. Get scrappy early on. Make a statement and build your legacy. This industry's changed my life. I've met some great people, but the impact that I'm able to make because I learned that taking risks is normal. It's actually a requirement of success. What I've learned is ultimately if I'm not taking risks, we're not growing. And it might hurt a little bit early on. You know, you might take a risk and fall on your face or borrow too much money or hire the wrong person. But Jason here, the guy you're tuning into is a success story like none other. I, I respect you fully, Jason. You inspire me deeply. And I just, you know, I think anyone listening, following you, they're destined for success. But I will say this, don't get caught up in the illusion that success is easy and this the painting business is easy and whatever business you're in is easy. It is not. It is hard. It's a grind. We use good tools to help through it, to help us make it easy. There's nights where I've been depressed and I wanted to give up even, even recently, even within the last year. And I've hit some level of success that some dream of each day comes with its own challenges. Today, I had an angry customer because doubt paint close to his new water system and he's threatening to on us. And I mean, we have, look, challenges come up, so you might as well take risks. You might as well go for it. See what you can accomplish, but don't get caught up in the illusion that endeavor it is not, it is not for the faint of heart. But if you listen to good guys like Jason and you surround yourself with good people that have done it, you will be successful. Wow, that's man, that is some words of wisdom right there. And that's inspiring. It's not easy, but it's yeah. doable. Wow, man, Tanner, my honor, dude. Thank you for being on today. Thanks, man. And uh, contractors, Pleasure. if you're looking for a CRM and automation to up your efficiency, you got to check out Drip Jobs. Okay. Bless you guys. See you next time. Hey, contractors, I want to invite you to connect. If you want to get connected with the Contractor Freedom community, simply point your browser to contractorfreedom.live. That's contractorfreedom.live. On there, you'll find the link to our Facebook private group, our page, our newsletter. You'll find a, a link to our podcast. So I just want to invite you to, to come on over, join the community. I look forward to getting to know you more. Thanks for listening in today. Ball.